passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Hey, Raider Nation, welcome back. It is time for another Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Hi, everybody. Scott Colbranson along with Mo Moten, my broadcast partner. Mo is the senior NFL writer over at Bleach Report covering the entire NFL. You can also catch his work specifically on the Raiders at sportsnot.com. Follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. That's Mo Moten. Also, you can follow me, LV Gully, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. I guess we should start calling it The X. I don't know. Some people might be talking about their ex-wife or ex-boyfriend when they say The X, so I, I don't know. But anyway, you can follow us there as well as the show SNB Today is that handle. Also, make sure you download the show. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your audio. Turn on the auto-download for us. That helps us significantly. We appreciate that. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscription and the notifications bell. And wherever else you might be watching, the video is now distributed. YouTube, it gets up on Twitter for our live shows. It's on Rumble. It's on Twitch. Wherever you get your video, you can find Silver and Black today. So thanks for being with us again on this Tuesday. All right, Mo, here we are. We're on a Tuesday. Uh, we're starting to see transactions come down the line, but I want to go and visit back to the Raiders games. You talked about on the Silver and Black Blitz yesterday, by the way, as you guys know, not only do you get our full-length shows, but Mo and I drop some other content, usually between 10 and 20 minutes, 
on thoughts that we have, and Mo had some yesterday on the roster, which uh, were great. But, Mo, let's go back one last time. I want to just sum up some of the things from the Rams game. You and I always go back and watch the games multiple times after we watch and react to them live, as we did in our post-game show with Murph. But when you look at the game against the Rams uh, and you've watched it again, Tell me again, we'll talk about Aiden O'Connell in a second, because that's obviously the story for the Raiders, but what else jumped off the screen at you uh, when you revisited that matchup between the Rams and the Raiders? One name that stuck in my mind, Drake Thomas, the undrafted uh, rookie linebacker. I I think he's, I wouldn't call him a lock. I didn't mention him as a lock on my Silver and Black Blitz episode to make the roster, but I think he's a guy to circle that that could be another undrafted linebacker who makes the 50-man depth chart like Darian Butler did and Luke Masterson did last year. So he's not making the splash plays, no interceptions and, and sacks, but he's really he's really already made for the run defense already. His run fits are great right now. Uh, we'll see what he can do if he's tested more in the passing game. Not many opportunities to show what he can do there, but right now he's doing what he's supposed to do, and I think he's one of the Raiders – top run defenders in the preseason so if you're looking at an undrafted rookie who can make it this year as undrafted rookies do every year drake thomas is the guy there you go so uh yeah and you know i mean his play surprising and again i know you and you and murph both on the post game show disagreed with me a little bit about the linebacking play and again i don't think the linebackers are playing poorly. I just think that when you look at linebacker cores in the NFL, even with what you've seen and some of the good performances from this unit, it's still not up to snuff as far as a team where they need to be. Now, you play with what you got. Unless somebody comes open and this team makes a roster move, goes out and gets somebody who's cut somewhere else or finds a free agent that has been unsigned, then then I get that. You upgrade when you can. But the reality is, Mo, as I've said, you play with the hand you have. And when you talk about Drake Thomas, obviously played really well. A couple guys that stuck out to me, Mo, I had some, I had some offensive guys I want to talk about. I don't know why I focused on that area. So it's good that you you brought up a defensive player. But I thought, again, it's a crowded wide receiver room. In Las Vegas, there's no question about it. But DeAndre Carter, I think, especially in the kicking game, okay, you look at what he was able to do, kickoff returns, he had the punt return he almost broke. Had he not stepped out of bounds, it would have been all the way to the house. But DeAndre Carter, I think, is is making a play for the. It's going to be tough. You talk about tough. There's always tough cuts in the NFL, And when you have a position room as crowded as the Raiders wide receiver room and perhaps the defensive back room with some young talent and some veterans there, you have to make tough, tough choices. But I know they love Trey Tucker, and I'll talk about him in a second. But I think DeAndre Carter, from a kick game perspective, having a wide receiver, too, who has that experience, he might be further down on the depth chart as far as being a wide out. But man, I was just impressed with what he's done uh, in the what he did in the game against the Rams. And I'm wondering, and I don't know if he's going to make your list, but uh, I think that he's one of those guys. It's going to make it very hard for the Raiders to cut him. Yeah, piggybacking off the silver and black blitz episode that I had, he was one of my roster locks. I actually yeah. think he's he's safe to make the roster simply because I explained on that episode that if you're wide receiver four, five, six, you better be able to contribute to special teams, and that's something right. that we have. Keelan Cole doesn't do that. Philip Dorsett, you know, he I think he's on the bubble too, not on special teams, but had a pretty good outing against the Rams. 
Christian Wilkinson, pretty good outing against the Rams. Cam Sims scored a touchdown that was reviewed. He got his feet in. So there's a lot of competition, but DeAndre Carr has stood out most on special teams, and I think that's his inroads to, to making a roster spot. So I, I, I totally, absolutely agree with you there. The, the other thing really quick that stuck out to me on the offensive side of the ball, Justin Heron at, at left tackle. Mm. I think it's important to note that simple because I think he has an inroads to a roster spot, not because he played exceptionally well, but because what are the Raiders' other options at left tackle now that Brandon Parker's on IR? You did a Silver Black Bliss episode on that. There's no competition from him there. He's out for the season. And then uh, Jackson Barton was usually the guy that would play a lot in the preseason, not on the roster right now. So mm-hmm. what are their options at left tackle other than Justin Heron? And and I know Jermaine Illuminar played a little left tackle against the Rams. I saw him you know, on that side with Thayer Mumford on the right side. But mostly, for the most part, Mumford and Luminar have been right tackles. So right. I'm looking at it and saying, well, it, it seems to me that it's, it's Justin Heron or Dalton Wagner. Maybe he flips over to the other side. But he's got most of the snaps. There. He's got most most of the looks there. And he's been solid. So I, I would think that he's pretty much safe to be the backup behind Colton Miller. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting, and I agree with you. I think Heron has been, has been a nice surprise and solid. I think he makes the roster, too. When you look at Jermaine Illuminor, though, you and I were were champions of his last year. We saw him improve and what he was able to do. Uh, seeing him there on that left side against the Rams, it's interesting because they're moving him all over the place. And I can't read, Mo, if that's a really good thing for Jermaine Illuminor or if that's something to look into and to say, hmm, I wonder what they're doing here. And, and does that mean he's going to start at right tackle and they're just moving them around to give them some some room to your point about depth and understanding you know if somebody goes down you want to be able to to put a guy in who understands has played the position a little bit and a little more familiar with it what's your read on that situation with Luminor? here's i did some digging because i'm putting together my my depth chart predictions for sports not also i'm doing it on uh if you've watched it on a bleach report live monday i you know i talked about a lot of the positions there but I think it's because the Raiders last year only kept eight offensive linemen. So that means you got five stars and three guys as backups. And those three guys have to play in no multiple positions. I think the Raiders mm-hmm. are preparing for, okay, what if Colton Miller goes down? What are we going to do? And I think yeah. the solution could be either Justin Heron or you could move Jermaine Illuminar to left tackle and insert Thea Mumford at right tackle. So it's all about knowing who your 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 best five offensive linemen are if there are injuries. And I think they're just trying guys out to make sure, like, okay, if we have a hole here, we can shift this around. This guy could play two, three positions. And I think it's just preparation for the regular season. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you mentioned Munford played really well, too. Uh, I continue to see his, his development week by week. You can visibly see it each time. So that's exciting for the Raiders. A couple other names I wanted to mention to you, Mo. I mentioned on offense, Michael Mayer. Uh, Michael Mayer, early in the game, I was highly critical of him because I thought he got blown up a couple times, including, I believe, on one sack uh, where he sort of came off a block way too early. But he then recovered. You look at the rest of the game. What I'm impressed with here is the fact that he's getting open on routes that he's running out of the backfield. And then really from the second quarter on, the time that he saw, um, his blocking got much better. He really did a great job of, of, of doing what he was assigned to do, protecting the quarterback or on run plays, doing what he was supposed to do. And to me, I like Michael Mayer, not just because he went to Notre Dame, and I think the expectations 
people have to have need to be in line with what I believe what will happen. And that is, I don't believe Mike, I think Michael Mayer is the future tight end one for this team. I think he's got to work his way into that position. Austin Hooper had a nice little game when he did play. And he's obviously a, a former Pro Bowler, a really experienced guy, and that's valuable for this team. So I think Michael Mayer, when you're talking about maybe week five or six, working more into that, if he's if he's worked hard, he's doing what he's supposed to do, he'll see more playing time. But I think the expectation around him should be that. And, but I was impressed with how he picked up after a rough start. Yeah, Pro Football Focus seems to agree with you with his blocking. They didn't really give him a good grade in the blocking <laughs> department. So, um, but we all know why he was brought there is to catch the football. Now, of course, right. he has to be an, a well-rounded tight end. They're expecting him to be a well-rounded tight end because he has the tools to be that. But if he has trouble with with blocking, it's not the it's not the worst thing in the world for a rookie coming into the league. You have to adjust to the pro level in that in that department. It's harder, I think, to adjust to the blocking schemes in the pros than it is to run out, run routes to catch football. Because if you're a natural pass catcher, that's going to come pretty quickly for you. And that did for and that, that did for him or would have for him if he had some more targets from <coughs> Brian Hoyer. But <laughs> uh, I, I think Michael May, as you said, is going to come along. He's going to be the starter probably before I think before Thanksgiving. He'll be getting most of the of the snaps at, at tight end. And he'll be, I wouldn't say he'll be an elite blocker, but he'll be capable and equipped to handle that situation, blocking schemes at his position as an inline tight end. Right, but um, he, go ahead. He he's he. Fans are going to say he should be a starter. Tyree Wilson should be a starter. And as you said, you have to adjust your expectations coming in. I don't I don't think any of these rookies outside of maybe Jacory and Bennett are going to start week one. Of course, we noted off air that Jacory and Bennett is banged up, and that's why you didn't see him in that Rams game. So even he may not start right away. Right, and that's not a negative. I I, I have to reiterate that. You, people around the league, they see a rookie who starts immediately. And, and and believe me, there are some guys who can do it, and they, they blow things up right away, and good for them. But if you look around the league, guys, rookies who come in at key positions, especially key skill positions like that, who start right away usually are on really bad teams, to be honest with you, because they don't have anything else behind them, right? So they, they get them out. They don't have an Austin Hooper. They don't have some of these guys. So just keep that in mind, but I think that's good. The other player I want to get to before we talk a little about Aiden O'Connell before we end the segment is Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker, 66 yards receiving in the game, the nice 40-yard pass from Aiden O'Connell kind of threading the needle down the middle and, and, and Tucker adjusting his body to get the catch. Again, starts off rough. Trey Tucker started off rough. Um, you know, I've been one to say that I, I'm just a little skeptical about him coming in since I watched him play here at the University of Cincinnati. But I looked at the first half last week and I look at the second half. He had the dropsies again in the first half. Second half, he came out and, and I think really elevated himself. I don't know if it was self-realization, if it was the coaching at halftime, whatever it was. But he seemed to pick up the pace. And again, I think this is the kind of guy, I know Raider fans are very excited about it because anytime you have a Raider wide receiver that has speed, people get really excited. Okay. And, and that's fine. But again, I'm a, I, I look at him and I say, this is a guy who is going to be a developmental player. He is not meant to come in and get a ton of snaps in year one. He may. If, he's, if he just goes through the roof and develops very quickly, great. But that's not what the expectation be. With Trey Tucker, Mo, I think it's going to be uh, an evolution. He's got to be able to, to do what he had. He will have opportunities in 2023, I believe. 
But I just think, though, that you have to balance that out. But I was glad to see that after early struggles and after some of the struggles against the 49ers, he came out in that second half and looked much better, held on to the ball, and that was a good step for him. For Trey Tucker, it's all about consistency. I think for now you're going to have to deal with the good and the bad with him. Uh, they're going to have to deal with the drops, but he's going to have some big catches, as we saw against the Rams. So his first half wasn't good, let's be honest. Two drops, I believe. Then he had a 40-yard catch when Aiden O'Connell came in the game. So, you know, it's a mixed bag. Yes. I tried to kind of calm the the pitchfork mob on, on Twitter X because there are people already <laughs> ready to call him. Oh, he's Darius Hayward Bay. Uh, you know, speed, no. all speed, no hands. And I say, first of all, Bay was a was a top draft pick. So right. they're not expecting Tucker to be that guy coming out of, of Cincinnati. As you said, there's a lot of competition at the slot position. Jacoby Myers is going to see snaps in the slot. Hunter Renfro, when they keep him, going to see a lot of snaps in the, snot, in the slot. DeAndre Carter is going to see a lot of slaps, snaps in the slot. So he's not expected to be a starter and a, and a big contributor right away. They have time to allow him to develop, and that's what he's going to do at that position. So the speed is there. You just want to see the more consistency with his hands. Absolutely. And so that that's where he's at. So, you, you know, that's fine. The last thing I want to touch on with the few minutes we have left here in this first segment, Mo, is the Aiden O'Connell story. We talked about it in the postgame show, the three of us, me, you, and Murph, that this is the story for the Raiders. What's interesting, as it started to pick up now, on Monday and into today, um, clearly that's true. Uh, people are covering Aiden O'Connell. We've seen some high praise. We saw Baldy do one of his breakdowns on some of his throws. But like everything else in 2023, everything has to be an extreme. So you have a lot of folks out there saying, hey, why do they need Jimmy Garoppolo? Does Jimmy Garoppolo get cut before the season starts? People, people, people. And we've been very complimentary, and we'll talk about even the T-shirt we have now for Aiden O'Connell. We'll talk about that in the last segment. But nonetheless, we've been complimentary Aiden O'Connell. It's a great, great story. Anybody who tells stories for a living, like the two of us and some folks out there who do content, it's a great story. Aiden O'Connell is a great story, but he is not going to be the starting quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders right now. Okay, so let's just slow our roll there. Then there's the other side. It's like people are like, he's playing against second and third stringers. That doesn't mean anything. Well, you know what? Bryce Young plays against second and third stringers. Uh, C.J. Stroud plays it. I mean, Mo, you said this a couple shows ago. It doesn't matter. If, if, if he was a first-round draft pick, if he was Will Levis in the second round, if he was any of the guys I mentioned, and he was lighting up teams like Aiden O'Connell is, people are like, oh, see? We should have traded up to go get him. So, again... I think the hype machine is there. We get that. But Aiden O'Connell, you and I have been very consistent about this, Mo, for the last week. And especially from Sunday, Saturday. He won the second string job. There's no question. And that's what he is. He's a second string quarterback at this time with some really high upside that we see so far in two game sample of maybe developing into something more in the future. That's it. So it is hype, yes. But don't read too much into it. Um, what do you make of kind of how people are tossing around the Aiden O'Connell story? So I was I was on Twitter X trolling. Uh, I think it was <laughs> I forgot who put it out, but someone from PFF said, "Is Aiden O'Connell the best quarterback in the AFC West?" And then I quote tweeted and I said, 
Patrick Mahomes, count your days. And then people, <laughs> that tweet, by the way, went crazy. Got a bunch of responses. People were like, some people don't pick up sarcasm very well, no. apparently. But I was just, of course, I was just trolling. But you're right. We have to keep everything in perspective. He's there to be the fill-in starter for Jimmy Garoppolo. If Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. It's not a situation where they're going to just cut Jimmy Garoppolo and start Aiden O'Connell. I saw people comparing this quarterback dynamic to Derek Carr and Matt Schaub. And the difference is Derek Carr was drafted as a second-round pick, and Matt Schaub was, was on the back end of his career yeah. as a starter. So Jimmy Garoppolo kind of still back end of his prime, not that old. He's not in his mid to late thirties yet. So I, I don't, it's not a situation where it was, okay, we're bringing Aiden O'Connell. We'll have an open quarterback competition. It was a situation where we need a fill in starter because we understand or know Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history. But there's one thing I want to say about the comparison for the people who say it's just against backups. I want to blow up that idea really quick because when we evaluate college prospects, do we say, oh, a guy coming from a D2 or a D3 school, oh, it's just D2, D3 competition. It doesn't matter. It's not as good as playing against Alabama or any SEC schools. Talent is talent. You can see it whether the player is going against backups, third stringers, D2, D3 uh, college players. We don't discount players just because they come from lesser schools. Sometimes that becomes a question is, you know, how do they adjust from going from a D3 school to the pro level? And we see a lot of guys in the NFL from mm -hmm. D2, D3 schools who excel. So you have to look beyond who they're playing against, and you have to isolate the player and say, how are they playing? With Aiden O'Connell, how is he throwing the ball? Is he making quick decisions? You know, How is he getting the ball to his, to his wide receivers or his pass catchers? You can't get caught up on the competition. Focus on the player and what he's doing on the field. Yeah, and then and then the other criticism, too, I, it's not even a criticism. It's, it's a, a point folks are making when they're talking about the success that Aiden O'Connell has had so far, Mo, is this idea he's facing vanilla defenses. He's not seeing schemes that are going to really cause him. But if you look at the breakdowns, and I and I point you to Baldy's, I, I point you um, to Ted Nguyen over at the Athletics breakdowns of Aiden O'Connell, and you'll see that it doesn't matter if they're vanilla. You still have to make decisions, Okay. Sure, maybe they're not throwing the kitchen sink at the kid yet. And again, he may not face that this year unless he starts in an emergency situation, meaning Garoppolo goes down. But either way, I think you people dismiss for, from a lack of understanding that even when you're facing quote-unquote vanilla defenses, the quarterback has to make split-second decisions. And on the touchdown you saw in the back of the end zone uh, from Aiden O'Connell against the Rams— and the breakdown that Ted did on that, I invite all of you to watch that. You can see how quickly he adjusted. It was an out route. It was a fade pattern. He comes back inside in a split second, recognizes what's happening, and gets the ball inside, which results in a nice toe-tap touchdown. So I don't care if it's vanilla or not. You're still looking at decision-making. Uh, you agree with me on that? Scott, I... correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Hasn't Brian Hoyer been in the league for about 15 years? Yes, sir. How did he look against vanilla defenses? Exactly. Oh, that's right. He threw a pick six. Oh, but he how sucks. Did, how, did, <laughs> how did Brian Hoyer? Brian Hoyer knows the system, has seen it all, and seen he's it all. still and he's still struggling against vanilla seven, defenses in the preseason. He started for seven teams in the NFL. So you cannot tell me that you can't tell me that it doesn't mean anything. At least we. It means to me that Hayden O'Connell is a better backup than Brian Hoyer at this point in his career. Hayden O'Connell, right. two preseason games. Looks good against vanilla defenses and second and third stringers. Brian Hoyer, been in the league for 15 years, still throwing pick sixes over the middle to the linebacker. 
<laughs> on the hook. So t- you can't you can't tell me it, it throw it out means nothing because this guy obviously Brian Hoyer has seen a lot more than Aiden O'Connell. Yet Aiden O'Connell is dealing the football and moving the offense, and Brian Hoyer struggled to do that on Saturday night. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and that's why, look, again, nobody's nobody's giving the guy a gold jacket, okay, no. Aiden O'Connell. But he's off to a good start. If it continues and you see this development, the Raiders could have a gem. He could develop into something more la- later. He could be a career backup in his career. We don't know yet, but it is exciting. There's nothing wrong with being excited about it. And all of the other Raider quarterbacks that were young quarterbacks that failed don't matter. We saw people tweeting out, well, look at this. Here's a list of seven quarterbacks people got excited about with the Raiders, and they ended up being nothing. The past has nothing to do with it. Al Davis isn't drafting these guys. It's not the same general manager. It's not the same organization, even though people want to assign that to that. But proof is in the pudding. So if Aiden O'Connell wants to prove people wrong for those who are doubting him, he'll have to do that over the next couple of years. So we'll see. All right. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about coaching. Yes. Defense, offense. What have we seen so far in the preseason and in camp that either gives us pause or gives us hope that maybe the Raiders coaching staff learned from last year and will be much better than it was. You're with Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. We're coming back right after these words. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey rob bradford here i have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what i have known for some time baseball isn't boring now i have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Segment number two here on Silver and Black today on this Tuesday. We hope your week goes off to a great start, and we certainly appreciate you making us part of that week 
Don't forget, we are an Odyssey Original Sports Podcast that you can get anywhere you get your audio. So please do us a favor, subscribe, put on the auto download so Mo and I can eat and feed our families as well. So that would be fantastic. We appreciate that. Again, my name is Scott Branson. I'm your host, along with my co-host and partner here. He is Mo Moten. He is the senior NFL writer over at Bleacher Report, also the Raiders columnist at sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. You can also catch my work up on sportsnot.com as well as contributions, where this week we talked about trade Tucker, Mo, I'm I'm following him all year for the Raider Ramble. So each week I will be giving a uh, a report on Trey Tucker, a little project that Mario over at the Ramble did. So it's kind of fun being able to key in on one player. So you can catch my stuff over there as well. Say hello to all the people on YouTube. Hello, people on YouTube. Thanks for being with us here on the show. Okay, Mo, we talked about players last segment. We talked about Aiden O'Connell again, the story, all that jazz. But let's talk about what we're seeing from a coaching perspective. We were very, very critical as I think, and and fair in our criticism with Josh McDaniels last year. When you blow that many leads, you have record-breaking leads blown to lose games up by 17 points. We can go through that whole thing. We'll we'll spare everybody out there the details because they know it already. But Josh McDaniels left a lot on the table and maybe, just maybe, three or four wins for this Raiders team last year. So a six-win season could have maybe been a nine- or ten-win season if things go a different way. When you look at what you've seen so far, and I know they're not showing us everything because it is preseason, but when you look at how this team has executed, when you look at the play calling, when you look at the way this team is running his offense, what's your takeaways thus far in this preseason from Josh McDaniels and his performance calling this offense? Far from far from the offensive perspective, I, I haven't seen really much other than the difference between now and last year this time was I think they're focusing more in on Zamir White. I think they're preparing Zamir White, you know, to have a bigger role. So I think Josh McDaniels last year saw Josh Jacobs run wild, and that was great for Josh Jacobs. But I think he's going to revert back to what we thought he was going to run with the ground attack, and that's multiple running backs. Now, there was a report Vinny Vontanur had out Sunday night that said the Raiders do expect Josh Jacobs to be back, which we've said on this show multiple times. But even with Josh Jacobs back, I expect Zamir White to get 8 to 10 carries per game because last year he's pretty much non-existent. And I think the Raiders understand, like, look, we don't know what Josh Jacobs' future is going to be going forward. We have a contract dispute with him right now. We have to get Zamir White ready or at least see if he can handle more carries out of the backfield or else we're going to have to draft a running back in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like I said, you don't know, you don't see a ton in the preseason, but what I have seen, and this is remarkable. And and I know we had a lot of comments from our listeners and viewers uh, from some of the comments Murph made on Sunday morning, Saturday night uh, after the game, which was, you know, he said, and and, and I believe him and, and agree with him that it just looks like everyone running the offense, again, the base level offense, it just seems more comfortable. Last year, there was a lot of discomfort with Derek Carr in that offense. There was a lot of discomfort with other players in that offense. The, the, the offensive line obviously struggled early last year, then got it together. Most of those guys are back, and they're, they seem more comfortable too. But, but I think there's something there. For whatever reason, you know, it's all about having the right people for the, in the right positions at the right time. And again, 
this is not criticisms of those players who've left or were, were, were traded away, but they never seem to feel comfortable. That's the one thing I will say, and to your point about kind of focusing on Samir White because they have to prepare for the, the inevitability of Josh Jacobs not being there if that happens. Like you said, I think it won't happen, but nonetheless, you have to be. Um, but other than that, I just a lot of people describe it as I feel a different vibe. I, feel, I just look, I just see these players in this offense this time, Mo, and they just seem to be where they're supposed to be. They seem to not be confused by things. The quarterbacks, not just the one, the quarterbacks overall seem to be running in that system well enough too. There's not a lot of confusion. There's not a lot of bad, a bad um, um, miscues. On offense, we haven't seen a lot of those. We've seen a couple turnovers here and there. But overall, it's been very clean. Well, Raider fans have railed against this this offseason, but that's the benefits of having guys who know the Patriots system or know the system in a sense or our culture or scheme fit. So people didn't like the whole scheme fit thing. They'd rather go for the better overall player, and I understand that. But when you guys have guys that know the system and the scheme on both sides of the ball, you should you should get cleaner execution yeah. And more consistency out of those players. The other thing is just it's the natural progression of being in year two of a system for the players who were holdovers from last year and didn't get traded or released. Now this is year two in the system. We heard Devon Diablo say last year he was a new kid on the block. Second year time around in the same system, he understands what, what's expected of him, and he's comfortable. And I think that goes for players on both sides of the ball, not just Devon Diablo. Right. And and they also, Josh McDaniels made some coaching changes too to position player coaches, as did uh, Patrick Graham. And that's the thing too. I talked about it on, on the post game show was the idea that on defense, again, still need some more talent on the defensive side of the ball. We started the show talking about that actually. But nonetheless, these guys seem to understand what they're supposed to be doing. And you're going to have failure. Every No team is perfect. You're going to have blown coverages. You're going to have uh, uh, go up against receivers that are going to beat your cornerbacks no matter who it is. But at the same time, this Patrick Graham unit, too, I've been really just, just really impressed with how I, uh, from the outside now, how it appears how well they've been coached thus far, especially in this type of preseason and training camp where there's a lot of new pieces and new kids are in there. The young players have played very well. The veterans have caught on. And I just think it goes to also Patrick Graham getting that leadership. So a guy like Marcus Peters, what he means to this team is far beyond the stat book. Yeah, I agree with you there. And they're saying the same thing about Marcus Epps. I believe Nate Hobbs called Marcus Epps a field general. I, <laughs> I was kind of surprised at that because Marcus Epps is a one-year starter from the Eagles. He, he was a special teamer for a few years before he became a full-time starter last year. So for Marcus Epps to have that field knowledge and that field awareness is an eye-opener for me. So we'll see how that if that translates in a regular season. I'll have my eye on him because I wasn't thrilled with the – I wasn't moved by the Marcus Epps signing. I'll be honest with you. It didn't move the needle for me. But maybe they saw something in him or they're going to use him differently than he was used with the Eagles because he did struggle in some coverage situations in Philadelphia. So I want to see how he cleans that up this year with the Raiders. But as far as the defense is concerned, too, I think this goes back to my conversation about the linebacker core. And and you're right. It, the Raiders, the linebacker core still, I think, needs another body, still needs another top tier, not a top tier guy, but another veteran who can An step in and get somewhere. guys ready. Right. Because what if the Von Diablo has a slow start or what if he gets hurt? You got you kind of need someone other than Robert Spillane there in the linebacking core. But what I like to see is that the linebackers 
seem to be doing their jobs. And and not only that, Curtis Bolton's progression, I think that you contribute that to coaching. As Antonio Pierce said, that he thinks Curtis Bolton could do a variety of things for that defense, not just be a special team or a guy who gets a few snaps here and there. Playing more off-ball linebacker this year, playing to his strengths, being a communicator, I think that part of that is the thanks to the coaching staff, getting their linebackers ready and developing players who were in the back end of the roster last year who could be contributors this year. Absolutely. And I think I think you're right. I, I see folks who talk to us, right? It, I see a lot of them starting to soften a little bit on the Josh McDaniels thing. Now, you brought up a great point, Mo. Until we get to the regular season, this is where I'll agree in, in a preseason, it's hard to gauge at all where the coaching is because you're talking about scheming against an opponent, right? And in the preseason, that doesn't really exist because – yeah, you're playing against a bunch of guys who won't even be around when the regular 53-man roster is finished. So, so until you get to week one, it's hard to gauge, especially especially with some of the issues we saw last year, which were around game management. Okay, Game management, clock management, all those things we have not had to see, or we can't gauge, I should say, in the preseason. So the jury's going to be out on that until we get into real football in week one. You know what I want to see, Scott? I want to see the Raiders up by 10 in the third quarter, and I want to <laughs> see them finish. keep that lead. Right. Yes. If they, That's the real test right there. Yep. When the Raiders get a lead, are they able to keep it in the second half? Because if they fall apart again in the first, within the first two games of the big lead, people are going to say, here we go again, me included. So I'm still skeptical because I understand this is just a preseason, so they're not playing to necessarily win football games. Right. But the real test is, how do the Raiders respond when the bullets are really flying and the, and the games do count in the standings? Are they able to hold leads? Are they able to pick up those leads early in games and start fast? Because that the, remember, the first 10 to 15 plays of game are, are things that are schemed up. You're scheming for your opponent's weaknesses and strengths, and then you're hoping that it works so that you can build or get a lead and then hold on to it. That's the real test for the Raiders and Josh McDaniels. Well said. And you know what? Listen, you talk about tests. The first two weeks on the road, you're going to know real quick where this unit's at, right? Uh, and and to me, that's going to – you see they're going to make you feel really, really good about where this team is, <laughs> or you're going to be like, okay, what happened? Uh, because it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And then, then coming home again in a division game is not easy either. So I think that, that we'll find out pretty quickly where the team is at. But I do think – one of the things that benefits this team, besides its youth, right? Because I think they've gotten younger, which is good. You have to develop young talent to compete in the NFL today. When you look at this situation, though, Mo, the fact that pretty much the whole country has written off the Raiders as being number four in the division is really good for them. It takes some of the pressure off not only the coaching staff, but the players, too. And so I think the Raiders have an opportunity. You and I both selected them to win seven games going back to when we were in the summertime and, and, and after the draft. They could win 10. I mean, it could happen. I'm not saying it's going to. I'm saying it could. So I think we're going to know a lot, and we're going to have to see a bunch of guys come through. They're going to have to get performance, not only from Jimmy Garoppolo, but also some of these rookies we're talking about. Uh, and their defense is going to have to hold up and play well. They don't have to be, again, a top 10 defense, but they're going to have to be vastly improved over what they've been in order for this team to keep it in, and the coaching's going to have to be better. So so I, I think if you're a Raiders fan, again, I advise you, don't get too high, don't get too low. <laughs> Stay where you're at. Find the encouragement. There's encouraging things happening, 
But at the same time, um, uh, you know, don't 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 start saving for Super Bowl tickets just yet. What I'll say is that you you want to see positive coming into the regular season. You want to see the team build some momentum. So I, I think you take it for what it is. It is the preseason, but they are stringing together good practices and good preseason games and outings for players that on the back end of the roster, we saw the first team offense look crisp at Jimmy Garoppolo in the game. We didn't talk too much about that, but I thought that was encouraging because Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't seen the field since early December, late November. So I think it was important for him to get out in the field and shake off that rust, even if it was for just one drive. He looked pretty sharp because we read the reports coming out of training camp, and he's had an up-and-down training camp. People talked a lot about, oh, he's throwing interceptions. We talked about his rhythm being off. Uh, at training camp before the uh, for the preseason game started, so for him to go out there against a live defense, albeit you know second and third stringers, but there were some starters. There were a few starters out there as oh, well. Yeah. No Aaron, no Aaron Donald, of course. But <laughs> the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo can go out there and just find his rhythm, find his timing, I think was also very important for him. No, but remember, Jimmy Garoppolo and actually all the Raider quarterbacks, they went ones versus ones in practice against the Rams last week. Right. People forget about that. And and the the media has to be far away. And so the media reports on it and and tells us what's going on on the scene. But they did see some of that time, too. So so we don't get to see it. But at the same time, very valuable experience for those guys. Uh, Mo, you did mention uh, just a second ago too some of the things happening around uh, the league that that I wanted to bring up, too. And that was this idea of starters playing in the preseason. You know, we've gone so far away from that in the last couple years. The idea of a starting player going out and playing in the second game of the preseason kind of went away. Now we're starting to see slowly, again, slowly, he only played one series. We're starting to see slowly coaches and players in the NFL realize that, hey, you know what? We do need a little bit. I don't need to go play full games or even full quarters. But what I do need is I need a taste. I need a taste of live action before I get to week one. You think this is going to increase uh, into more playing time maybe in the coming years as we start to see these guys see better results early on? I think also it's this it's the adjustment to a three-game preseason schedule from a four-game preseason schedule. So four games to me was a lot. I, I mean, you saw like backups in the first maybe – two games and then you saw the starters what they call a dress rehearsal regular season yeah. game in week three and then week four it was just guys fighting for the last you know three to four roster spots i think with the condensed schedule i'd be it's just dropping one game i think coaches want to see starters in there for at least that week two i think the week two preseason is becoming that game where i wouldn't call it a dress rehearsal but you're going to see more and more starters play in that week two preseason game and then you'll get like the guys fighting for the back end roster, the last roster spots in the last preseason game. But to your point, I, I think you want to get your starters out there. One, to shake off Russ if they've been hurt, Jimmy Garoppolo. Two, if let's say they haven't they haven't looked good maybe in practices, because I know Josh McDaniels has implemented this strategy where guys who played a lot in the pre in training camp practices didn't see a lot of time in the preseason. So we don't see who gets you know, a lot of the snaps at practice. So it also depends on how a player looks on those, in those joint practices because if he's not sharp, then the coach may want to get an extended look at him in a preseason game just to get his rhythm going. Absolutely. It'd be interesting to see where it goes, but it's it's good. I remember back, you're right, when there was four games, and especially you would get to that last, that fourth game, you'd have guys trying to make the roster. But, but I remember starters playing one, even two quarters. Um 
of mm-hmm. those games to just really get ready. So so it's amazing how far things have gone the other way. But everything's cyclical. Everything tends to come back a little. I don't think it'll ever go back to that, to your point about the three games versus four. But it's nice to see that, too, and just to see these guys get off because we've seen quarterbacks and teams get off to slow starts, and the Raiders cannot afford, with their schedule this year, cannot afford a slow start, especially in the AFC West. So we'll see how that all goes. Look, they're getting the Buffalo Bills early this year, I believe, too. So they got <laughs> you got to be firing all cylinders if you're going to go against the Bills yes. on the road. On the road, luckily they have no snow. It's not going to be freezing. So they're, they're lucky in that case, but still a great team they're going to have to go against. All right. We're going to take our final break here on Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. When we come back, we have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk about how my partner, Mo, has now been immortalized. <laughs> yes, it's crazy. It's happened. Talk about that and what we're doing to help out some great causes as well. And we'll, we'll close out with some other football thoughts, too. But we're going to have a little fun on this Tuesday by the way, uh, w- when we get to the next show on Thursday, full show, we're going to have a special guest, which we'll tell you about soon. But number two, we're also going to talk about any roster moves uh, as we pop up and get you up to date on Raiders injuries and all that jazz. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. Okay. Taking that break, when we come back, we're going to get to why Mo is such a big deal here on <laughs> Silver and Black today. And <laughs> the original podcast. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back here, the home stretch, silver and black. Today, the Tuesday edition. Thank you for joining us. We are here with celebrities. Yes, we are here with people who are a pretty damn big deal, especially if your name is Mo Moten. He is the senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report and my partner. He is a great and humble guy, but we're going to have fun with this uh, on this segment here on Silver and Black today. I'm Scott Branson, by the way. Thanks for being back. Okay, so... One of the things that we, Mo and I, from a deep personal level, really love to do, and that is help other people, right? So we, whether it's Mo helping journalism students getting out of school and giving them advice how to get in, because he has he's had an incredible journey, I should say, from where he started to where he is now, to helping others like I've done, getting on shows, creating content, whatever it is. Uh, But we also believe strongly in giving back. And one of the things that we've been very excited to be a part of and to help at least promote has been our good friend Murph, Michelle, and and Swag Jeff over at Raiders Fan Radio and their One Nation Foundation, which uh, delivers great donations to the Bolitnikoff Foundation, really Raider Raider Nation-centric charities that help people 
in need. And so we've been very excited about that, right? And so that piece of it, uh, we're trying to grow. We got some really big things on the horizon to help uh, the folks over at One Nation Foundation. And we started thanks to our good friend over at DC4L Custom Tees, if you follow him on Twitter, great Raiders designs, just amazing stuff. Uh, and and so so we got Mo has had been talking with him, sent him over. We got connected, and we brought to life something. A couple of things I'm really excited about. Mo, you ready for this? And I'm going to start, and we'll show the first one here too. So you need to, if you haven't already gone over to the website, um, the Irish Cannon. Yes, I'm sticking with it. And again, dc4lcustomtees.com. You can find this. We're also tweeting the link out. But you can get an Irish Cannon t-shirt. Look at this thing, Mo. It's pretty cool, man. I mean, I like the four with the in the Cannon. I like that. I know. Very I pretty. thought, I mean, he's done a good job. He's also, I think, working on your Mo and the four jersey shirt, too. So we'll see how that where that comes down. But you can see here, too, and it, and it comes in, in black. It comes in white. Uh, and I think like a Heather Gray, is that what they call it mm -hmm. now? Heather Gray. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Heather Gray. So so you can see, this is pretty cool. But but the, the, the thing here is not only can you get your Irish Cannon t-shirt, but out of the, the, the funds here, out of the proceeds, $4 from each one of these shirts is going to go to the One Nation Foundation, uh, and they deliver it. They've also delivered uh, funds and fund help fund Raider Dad, with our buddy Josh in Las Vegas, gets kids and families to games. So buying one of these t-shirts, yeah, it's cool. And you're jumping on a trend here with the Irish Cannon, but you also get to help out all those folks. So we're just so proud to be working with DC4L Custom Tees and, and doing this and certainly appreciate everything they're doing. Now, that's awesome. So go get your Irish Cannon t-shirt, right? But, you know, again, the immortalization of Midtown Mo has also occurred now. So look at this, folks. If you're watching us, you can see it. If you're not, you can go to the website and see. But look at this. Midtown Mo. Midtown Mo has his own T-shirt. I've arrived, Scott. I, I definitely arrived. I, I got there are a couple of people who have already purchased the T-shirt. They've already hit me up and said, I got to get that shirt. And I yes. said, make sure you wear it and take a picture so you can blast it out on social media to let people know that people actually support me doing this <laughs> <laughs> outside of outside of Twitter. Right. So definitely uh, support it. Support. Pick up a Midtown Mo t-shirt. I would greatly appreciate it. We would greatly appreciate it if you did. I have this dream that you 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 get in your limo to go to Midtown as you do, <laughs> and when you get up there. Um, I know it's an MTA limo, but nonetheless, when you get up there, people, people might not know what MTA is, but anyway, you get up there and you go into the bleacher report building, right? And you take the elevator up. I think it's on the second or third floor where it's at and you get out of the elevator and you walk and there's all this hustle bustle, right? Because it's bleacher report. There's a lot of stuff going on, but everybody's wearing a midtown Mo shirt. <laughs> that, that would be, I, that would only occur in my <laughs> dream, but can't you imagine? I, I just go into the building one day and, and my producer and my sound engineer are wearing Midtown Mo t-shirts. They actually yeah. know my nickname because they hear me say it when I do the Bleach Report lives. They see yeah. other people tweet it or say it in the chat, text it in the chat. So shout out to the people who show it to my Bleach Report lives and, and put the Midtown Mo nickname in the chat because it's picked up in the building. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe one or two people pick up a t-shirt. So oh, thanks yes. to you. That, that's all because of the fans. That's all because of Raider fans pushing the name and of course Scott for uh, 
crowning me with that nickname. So thank you, Scott, for <laughs> for putting that in motion for me. Well, it, it's awesome, and and I love it. I love the the for you guys who are listening. You can go uh, to our Twitter handle, and, and we're tweeting out links to the shirts, obviously, because it's a charity piece here, too. And again, $4 from each Midtown Mo shirt is going to the One Nation Foundation. So if you buy those, you'll be helping out a lot of folks in Raider Nation. But I love this design from the folks over there, because not only does it have the shield and the sword, but the M's are, they're yes. very Midtown. Like, they're, they're sophisticated, right? They're very cool. And as much as I know Raider Nation loves to wear black T-shirts, right? I like the Heather Gray one. I have it on the screen right now. I like the gray one. I like the white one. I can see Mo rolling around with the because of the melanin in your skin. You know, you have better skin than I do. With the white <laughs> shirt with a black hat on or a white hat on with some nice white new kicks, man. I'm telling you, just strolling down. We got we got to get video. We got to get B roll of that. The 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 funny thing is that it, it goes along because my last name being Moten, the the two M's just go along with my original initials. So it, it's a very good play on of that as well. So just to have the two M's there and the design, I think also I, I told them uh, DC4L custom tees that I love the design there. Couldn't have thought of a better logo. He's actually designed logos oh. for other people. I've actually sent other people to him. I believe uh, Rock Raider 585, who's a listener of the show and listener of my live streams, was he had some type of uh, transportation business. Transportation. That yeah. he was, he needed a logo for, and DC4L Custom Tees was able to give him a logo, and he was pl very pleased with it. So, if you need a logo, if you need a T-shirt, if you're trying to push anything, DC4LCustomTees.com on Twitter yes. as well. He is the guy to go to if you want any type of art and design uh, for your merchandise. It's unbelievable the work he does, and he doesn't just do it for the Raiders. I mean, obviously, he's very, very popular amongst Raider Nation because he does amazing Raiders designs, including these two that we're talking about. But he also does other teams. So if you see other teams, I mean, in football, I know he does a lot of Pittsburgh stuff, uh, and I know Raider fans won't love Pittsburgh stuff, but nonetheless, again, he's just so talented and so creative. Uh, and so you got to get over to dc4lcustomtees.com, T-E-E-S, by the way, .com. And we'll link up. We'll send out the links there, too. If you go to th if you go through to order, and I do recommend you order one of the Irish Cannon, one of the Mo Moten, the Midtown Mo shirts. Because, um, again, that's $8 you're sending right to charity. So we appreciate that, too. Uh, but, but just amazing work. And we're going to do more work with him. We're going to give away some of these shirts uh, in the future. And, yes, we will, we will at Silver and Black today, we will buy these shirts uh, so that the $4 still goes through to the charity. And then we'll give them away on the air as well. So make sure you check them out. And uh, again, thanks to them over there. And, and again, thanks to, to Mo Moten for being Mo Moten so that we can have Midtown Mo. Uh, so this but, is really quick, though, Scott. So this is not yeah. all about, you know, pushing our narratives, the Irish canon or, or stroking my ego at all. This is just is really about charity, as you said, mm -hmm. proceeds, some of the proceeds going to. Uh, connected to uh, Raider Fan Radio and what he's doing over there at One Nation Foundation. So this is not all about me. This is not all about Scott. It's all about <laughs> the Raiders community, even though it would be pretty sweet rolling around with a Midtown Mo t-shirt oh, or an man. Irish Can t-shirt. Just saying. I can't wait to get mine. You'll see You'll see us wearing them on the air. And by the way, and Mo really is absolutely correct about that. We get nothing from this 
other than uh, the folks there at DC4L Custom Tees are sending us each uh, a T-shirt, one of each, right? And I'm sure we'll end up buying some, too, for people in our family. Although, Mo, your family, you have a big family, too, so so you got to get yeah. them on board. I'm sure they'll be wearing them all over the country. It'll be fun. Um, and then... I know we will, uh, we will again, have some giveaways there, but again, it's all going to charity. Uh, a lot of folks sell their own merch and I get that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with making some money off your, your, your hard work. But in this case, we're doing this, uh, for fun and to, to help out the one nation foundation. So please get on board, order those, uh, when you can. And we certainly appreciate it. And by the way, share the link to those with your friends. So they know Midtown Mo and they also know the <laughs> Irish cannon as well. Yes, we will have a backup quarterback with a t-shirt that is selling really, really well. It's crazy, but hey, that's where we're at, and that's cool. But uh, good times, and, and great reminder there, Mo. All right, man. Well, listen, so we're going to head into the rest of this week. We'll be back with a full show on Thursday. I have a feeling we'll be dropping a Silver and Black Blitz tomorrow on Wednesday, either Mo or I, so pay attention to that. Uh, if you subscribe to the podcast, you won't miss any of it. But, Mo, it should be an interesting week. This is when you get down to the, the nitty-gritty, one of my favorite R&B songs, by the way. Um, when you get down to the nitty-gritty here, we got guys fighting for roster spots. You're going to start to see roster moves. Um some dreams will end, some will continue, and we'll have a better sense for that roster. And I know you said this week on sportsnot.com you're going to have kind of your final projected 53-man roster, correct? Right. So not only are we going to see guys fight for the final roster spots on the depth chart, but I think you're going to start to hear about guys winning jobs. Mm. could be mistaken about that. Maybe Joshua Daniels holds that close to the vest before a week one of the regular season just to not give other teams an edge. But I think you're going to start to see or hear about guys are basically hasn't they've locked up their position. So that right guard position, which I talked about in the silver and black blitz episode, I think Greg Van Roten is going to win that job. We might start to hear he's got the job, right. although it may not be officially announced by the coaching staff. So just look out for announcements like that. And also maybe injuries. A couple of guys are nicked up. So if a guy goes on IR, their season's over. Maybe they hold a guy and maybe put him on IR so that he only misses, I believe, it's four games for the regular season. So injuries, position battles, going to be a lot of news coming up within the next week about that from the Raiders and other teams across the league. Yeah, I'm interested to see, too. I mean, you know Marcus Peters is a starter. I'm pretty sure Nate Hobbs is a starter. We'll yeah. see if he's healthy if we go into that final game and and it's announced that Jacorian Bennett is the other other starter on the other side, so so we'll see. I, I, that's what I anticipate happening. If he's healthy, if he's not healthy, then we might see something else. But uh, I'm interested to see what happens there too. And we haven't talked a lot about safety, but we'll have to talk about safety coming up on Thursday. Yeah, one thing I just want to mention really quick that we didn't get to. I, I think if Jacorian Bennett is not ready, if he let's say he's on the injured list or he's just not ready to start. A combination we could see Marcus Peters on one end, Nate Hobbs on the other end, and Tyler Hall in the slot. Oh. I talked about that in the yeah. Silver and Black Blitz episode, that Tyler Hall has moved around the secondary. He's played in the slot, but he's also bl played both safety positions. What that tells me is they're going to use him a lot as that chess piece on the back end where he can fill in gaps, but also be the primary slot guy in case Jacorian Bennett isn't ready and they want to use Nate Hobbs on the boundary. There you go. See, we got you covered. A lot of stuff's going to be happening this week, so it's going to be a busy week around here. Make sure you stay in touch with us. Subscribe to the podcast up on YouTube, wherever you're watching us. We certainly appreciate that as well. Uh, make sure you check out all Mo's work up on Bleacher Report and SportsNot.com. You can also catch my writing on SportsNot.com as well as... 
the Raider Ramble. Bo, we will talk to you on Thursday, my man. Back on Thursday, hopefully with some updates on the roster, but we'll see. It will be. Yeah, I'm sure I'm, there's got to be. Right. So we'll talk about it and uh, we'll announce our guest on Thursday here tomorrow. So check us out there for our producer, Mike Robier for Momotin. I am Scott Brands, and this has been another edition of Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Take care, everybody.